welcome to the Advent Daily Devotional Series. This is the final week in the run-up to Christmas Day. I know there's lots of controversy about which day, time of the year it's supposed to be, but it actually doesn't really matter. It matters more that we're acknowledging and honoring this event that uh, marked history, but also uh, marked our own story. I think that's so incredibly powerful. And there's a temptation to um, muddy it all with controversy. But everything doesn't have to be complicated. It is allowed to just be uh, 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 simple and humble and sweet and and wonderful without it being cluttered by complexity. So Galatians chapter 4, those last uh 10 verses from about verse 24 is our discussion this morning. It's a conversation about these two covenants that the birth of Christ sort of represents, wrapping up the one and and bringing life into the other. I wanted to talk to you a little about that under the topic of God's love for us. So the final week, the week uh, before Christmas on the Advent calendar, uh, we remind ourselves of the love of God and God's love shed abroad in our hearts for one another. So this uh, context is one of love. You know, anything that is uh, built on uh, love has a different feel to it than something that is built on uh, rules or built on hurts or built on experiences or expectations, they all have a different flavor to it. It feels a bit different when it's done in love where, as opposed to how it feels when it's done in duty or in obligation. And this really is partly what Paul is writing about in Galatians chapter 4. So I wanted to read to you from verse 21. Tell me, Galatians 4.21, tell me, you who want to be under the law, uh, are you not aware of what the law itself says? For it is written that Abraham had two sons, one by a slave woman um, and the other by a free woman. His son by the slave woman was born according to the flesh, but his son by the free woman was born as a result of a divine promise. These things are to be taken figuratively. The woman represents two covenants. The one covenant is from Mount Sinai and bears children that are slaves. And that is Hagar's story. Uh, Now Hagar stands on one mountain in Arabia and corresponds with an earthly city, Jerusalem. But she is a slave and so are her children. But there is another Jerusalem, verse 26 says, that is free and, and is our actual mother. Uh, That is a Jerusalem in heaven. But you brothers and sisters, like Isaac, are children of a promise. At that time, a son born according to the flesh persecuted the son that was born by the spirit. Now, what does God say? Get rid of slavery and the results of enslavement and inherit the freedom that God has for us. This passage of scripture has has so much stature and strength to it that it's absolutely worth referring to. That there are two ways of building a spiritual life. One, marked by an Old Testament, represented figuratively by a woman called Hagar, represented figuratively by a place called Mount Sinai, and represented figuratively by a geographic location, in other words, Jerusalem, the holy place. And all of that 
is a type of enslavement. And then there's the spiritual way of building a spiritual life, or a loving way, rather, of building a spiritual life, and that is by promise. When God promises to his people that he will come and be their saviour and their Lord, it is not geographic, it is in a spiritual place, it is not built on laws, but built on affection and on God's love and God's sacrifice, and it is not an enslavement, but something that makes you absolutely free. The one tortures you, constantly persecuting you, and the other blesses you and constantly exposes you to more of what God has in mind. When we think about the arrival of Christ, we should also think about the ending of a torturous form of religion that did not produce children, but only produced slaves. And I think that idea is very important because there's still a lot of throw over, carry over of torturous religion with enslavement and geographic fears and expectations and sort of holy things that we uh, uh, get obsessed by thinking that they'll make us feel spiritually stronger. But actually, it's an internal thing. It's a spiritual location, and it's built on God's love for us. Now, there is something else that's really powerful about this passage of Scripture in Galatians uh, chapter 4, and it goes right into Galatians 5, not to be enslaved again in a yoke of slavery. And that's this idea that uh, all of us can start fresh, because in a certain way, God has started fresh. He took one approach, allowed for one approach, really, uh, for mankind to teach us a lesson and to teach us uh, how relationships should work. We took a long time to get it, but once we got it, we realized that we can't make rules and regulations to create children of, of freedom. You can only create slaves like that. And then God started fresh with mankind. When we got it, God started again. And what he started with was a relationship built out of love and affection. And so this morning, as we think about God's love for man and then our love for him and the story of the arrival of Jesus, let's start by being grateful that we are not under slavery, that it is not a burdensome religion that puts us in bondage to slavery, that we are instead free. Secondly, let's be grateful that God's love has intervened so that we are no longer tortured by the sinful nature, nor are we tortured by uh, 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 laws uh, that we can never meet, standards that we can never achieve. Uh, be grateful that God's love won. Uh, over um, the, the the torture of rules and regulations that were doomed to define us as failures, tests that we were always doomed um, to fail. And then thirdly, to also express gratitude that uh, God's patience, God's love uh, is strongest when it is the hardest for him to love us. I, I think that love is easy when things are lovable and love is hard when uh, things go tough. Sometimes it feels like it's easier to just walk away. And God, on several occasions in the Old Testament, he said to Moses, let's just wipe these people out, start again, just walk away and start again. But the love of God said, I will walk this road with you through to the end until you are in victory, until you are in freedom, until you are redeemed. Now that, that's quite something. That's something incredibly powerful in recognizing and expressing appreciation for the fact that God 
has a love that can't be conquered uh, or, 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 or squashed, put out, uh, snuffed out is the word I was looking for. God can't be, God's love can't be snuffed out by the conditions or climate of the world, the conditions of climate or climate of our hearts or the conditions of climate of our minds that God's love prevails. In this uh, journey towards the arrival of Jesus Christ, I am grateful that his arrival marks the end of something and the start of something. And you know, you can't have a start without an end. You would, you would need to, there would need to be an, you know what I mean, there has to be an end of something before there can be an actual start of something else. And this uh, um, journey is something I'm so incredibly uh, deeply grateful for. And I want to encourage uh, all of us uh, to be grateful that it is God to whom we look to hold us in his hand. Not man. Man isn't able to do that, isn't going to do that, shouldn't have any expectation for mankind to be a redeemer or a restorer, only Jesus Christ. Our full affection and focus should be on him and his full affection and focus is on us. So with that in mind, I'd like to take a moment to pray with you. My prayer will be a, a, a reminder and a gratitude for the love of God that has produced of us free children, not uh, children of slavery by our own efforts under the law and marked by some sort of historical or geographic thing, but all uh, spiritual and heavenly. And I look forward um, to sharing some more about this on Christmas Day at church. And I know all our pastors will be doing that too. So pop in if you can, and if you can't, be online. Should we pray? Lord, thank you so very much for the love of God that guides us into our spiritual journey that we should be wise to look to you, placing all of our trust in you and, and believing fully that you are uh, uh, our, the true lover of our soul, that you are irreplaceable and unchangeable in that regard and that we can put our trust fully in you. Thank you that you are able to uh, teach us to start fresh. Thank you that the start of a new covenant marks the end and fulfillment of an old one. Thank you, Lord, that we are no longer tortured by a sinful nature, but that we are in peace because you are our peace. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.